everybody, Angela Bowen here, the host of She's a Small Wonder, a small wonder podcast where I go through all of the episodes. The last two seasons, three seasons, three and four, of course, I had to find somewhere else because they're not on DVD, but that's a story for another time. How's everyone doing? It's Wednesday. It's hump day. The weekend is almost here. I can feel it. I can feel it. I can feel it. Also... I got to see the Stranger Three. <laughs> Stranger, th- I just woke up like half an hour ago, maybe even a little before that. But Stranger Three, damn it, I cannot fucking talk to save my ass. Stranger Things Three, there we go. <laughs> the trailer for it just dropped this morning. Like as soon as I woke up, I saw it. And I was like. Ah! Ugh, I can't wait for July. I'm so excited. I've watched the trailer like four fucking times now. Um, that song Teenage Wasteland kind of plays over the majority of it. And it fits really, really well. It's just amazing to see all the kids again. You know, Mike, Eleven, uh, Lucas, Will, um, Dustin... Is that all of them? Wait, there's 11, Mike, Will, Lucas, Dustin, and then of course now they have Sadie. So it's, it's cool. It's, I, it's supposed to be set during the summer. I think the first two seasons were set, what, during the fall? Like, last time was right around Halloween. And, um, the one before that I thought was set during the fall too. But this one's going to be set during summer. All the kids, I look and like, those kids are so fucking tall. Like, that's so big. <laughs> but um, if you guys watch Stranger Things, seriously, go check it out right now. Because the trailer is phenomenon. I will probably watch it a bazillion times more before July 4th. Because it comes out on the 4th of July. I know what I'm doing that day. I'm going to... That is a lot to... The... How many episodes are we getting? Like, eight, nine? I think it's usually around nine or ten, eleven, something like that. And also, what was the other thing that came, um, the new, the full trailer for Aladdin, which, I mean, I'll see it in the theater, but I'm not as jazzed about that as I am about The Lion King. I mean, I like them both. As far as the animated versions, but I probably tend to go toward slide towards Lion King a bit more. That's just me. But who didn't have the Lion King soundtrack in 1994? I had it, the the tape of it, in my Walkman, and I played Hakuna Matata all the damn time. Also, I'm jazzed about the Downton Abbey movie, but that doesn't come out till September, and that's right! Today is the first day of spring! Woo! First day of spring! Yes! Winter is over! 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 
as far as the season goes, it's over. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm excited. I'm big, big things. Jeremy and I are hopefully going to go on a trip this year. I mean, originally, I kind of thought it'd be cool to go to, like, Gettysburg and stuff like that. But Jeremy's like, we were just in D.C. two years ago. And this is going to be a trip where he's going to be driving. So, we're actually thought about checking out Dallas, Texas. I mean, that's what, you know, if we're going to live there one day is according to what you would like. I want to see what it's like. I want to know what it's like. It's kind of interesting. It seems like some podcasts I listen to, some of the people are, like, from Texas. I'm like, oh, my goodness. It's almost like a trend. Podcasting in Texas. Granted, if we, you know, move to Texas, it's not going to be for many, many years. But, well, today I am going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 5 of Small Wonder, entitled Sibling Rivalry. Feeling neglected due to his parents' preoccupation with Vicky, Jamie decides to run away, but when he uses Vicky to avoid contact with his parents, the family gets a scare. What kind of scare are they going to get if he's just in the backyard in his little treehouse? That is the smallest backyard. That would not even, should not even be considered a backyard. It's like a small space between two houses. There's no grass there, I don't think. This episode's got a 7.6 out of 10 based on 19 ratings on IMDb. And it was... It aired on October 5th, 1985. So, wow. Granted, this show did start in the fall, so... Uh, it was directed by Linda Day, writers Ann Gibbs, Joel... Kimmo and Howard leads the creator. We got ooh, we got some connections. Let's see, let's see. After Jamie has run away, Ted mentions that when he was a child, he ran away to see Oklahoma, as in the musical. Like, wow, you're a real badass, weren't you, Ted? I ran away to see Oklahoma, not the state, the musical. Like, <laughs> give me a break, man. So I might change things up a smidge on the podcast. Maybe I'll, I'll do the promo. I'll do my little uh, talking about the, the episode and whatever's going on right now. And then I'll do the theme song. And then we'll actually get into the episode. That way we can get whatever I want to talk about. You know, the up talk, you know, the upcoming episode, what that's about. And then, like, whatever, like... Watch something on TV. I did check out part of the first episode of One Day at a Time on Netflix. It's it's cute. It's cute. So I also rejoined Planet Fitness. So to get back in the lat now that it's spring, I can hopefully start. I gotta start walking again. I really, really do. All right, guys, let's get into the intro, the theme music, if you will, and then we'll. Start jumping into sibling rivalry. I mean, who else called this thing about Jamie, right? We knew that this his dad would be preoccupied, and even Joan would be preoccupied with this robot. It's going to take over their their lives. Their lives are going to be all consumed by Vicky. Well, mainly Ted, but still, Jamie's feeling the pinch. He's been usurped by Vicky. He is no longer the only child. He's the only biological child, 
Granted, Joan is the only one who thinks of Vicky as a little girl, whereas Ted just sees her as his servant robot. She's a small wonder. I'd like you both to meet Vicky. A child like other girls. And that's a real kid, right? No, no, it's a robot. Made of plastic. Microchips here and there. My voice input child identical. B I C I, I pronounce it Vicky. So we come out of the intro and we're in the kitchen, and Ted's got this chessboard set up with the pieces, and he is teaching, he's programming Vicky how to play chess, which two people tried to teach me to play chess and I wasn't having it. I'm like, no, this is boring. I noticed that he's, Ted's got some pliers and um, what looks like a little mini screwdriver and some stuff. So he's been kind of fiddling around with Vicky, adjusting certain components to program her how to play chess. And she and Ted, she's moving her pieces. Ted is like really impressed. Like, wow, look at her go. And she goes, checkmate. And he's like, what do you mean checkmate? That was only five moves. And she tells him that well, if you program me correctly, I could do it in four. Like, shit! Look at this girl. Ted! Come on, man! She's doing these amazing things and you're chastising her. It's like, you did program her to play chess, correct? Then why are you surprised? Like, that was only five moves. How long is chess supposed to go on for before someone says checkmate? Okay, Vicky, you understand what I showed you and the philosophy of chess? I understand. It's in my computer. Okay. White goes first. Your move. Go. a critic, huh? Can't you make a few teeny-weeny mistakes? No, I'm programmed to win. I'll fix that. Stand up and turn around. <laughs> you know how humiliating it is for a robot to beat its inventor? Hmm? So Ted's like, can't you make a few teeny tiny mistakes? And Vicky's like, no, I've been programmed to win. Like, yeah. And, and Ted's like, well, I'll fix that, as he tells her to stand up and turn around and he'll make some adjustments. It's like, dude, seriously? Can't you just lose graciously? Because he's like, do you know how embarrassing it is for uh, an inventor to lose to his creation? Like, ugh, give me a break, Ted. Come on now. You're just sending a bad message here. Like, oh... My robot beat me at chess. I'm going to go and reprogram her so she'll make mistakes. So Jamie's coming in with this basketball and like, Hey, Dad, do you want to play with me? And of course Ted has no... T it's like, no, no, I'm trying to deal with Vicky. Reprogram her so I'll beat her at chess. That guy's got a small ego. <laughs> or a big ego, excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. You coming out to play some one-on-one -on -one with me? 
Uh, not right now, Jamie. And don't bounce that in here. One on one, that's not in my memory bank. It's a way to play basketball. You know what that is? Basketball, a sporting event, used to fill television time between commercials. <laughs> I taught her that. <laughs> it's also a game you play outside, Jamie. <clears throat> All right, turn around, sit down. I'll get you this time. How about working on the clubhouse later, Dad? Uh, sorry, Jamie, I'll be working with Vicky. But gee, the only time we get to work on it is on weekends. Well, maybe next weekend, huh? There's your mother. Why don't you go see if you can help her? Not you, him. You don't have a mother, remember? I'm beginning to feel like I don't have a father. Okay, Vicky, you're white. Your move, go. Uh -huh. Checkmate. <laughs> So yeah, Jamie comes in bouncing that basketball, says, Hey Dad, you wanna shoot a little one on one with me out outside? And of course, Ted's preoccupied with Vicky, like I can't, I'm working on Vicky right now. And I I I kinda feel bad for Jamie. And Jamie's like, Well the weekend's the only time that you have to do this with me. And Ted's like, well, maybe next weekend. I'm thinking, dude, you work all the damn time. And now, when you're not at work, you're working on Vicky. And I'm kind of wondering, has Ted ever played basketball with, with Jamie? Because he doesn't seem to be... Ted does not seem like the sports type. When Vicky asks, you know, I don't... I can't compute what one-on-one -on -one is. And Jamie says... You don't know basketball, Vicky? And she's like, it's a sporting event that is aired between commercials. And then Ted kind of looks up and like, yeah, I taught her that. So he doesn't even like basketball, it seems like. Because he's an inventor. But, I mean, I'm not huge on sports either. But, I mean, you think that, I don't, I don't know, maybe inventors... There's nothing that says that they can't like sports or want to play sports and stuff. It's You don't have to be completely, like, oriented just to one specific area. Oh, Vicky refers to her memory bank. So, things that... only The only things that are going to be in her memory bank is what Ted instills in her and puts in there. I love how after Vicky says uh, basketball, a sporting event used to fill time between commercials, and Ted's all like looking up from behind Vicky, like, ah, yeah, my own joke. Ah, I taught her that, like, ah, that was weak sauce there, Ted. Weak sauce. So Jamie's just desperate just to hang out with his dad. It's like, we don't necessarily have to play basketball, Dad. How about the clubhouse outside? You can help me work on that. And Ted's like, no, sorry, James. I'm going to be inside with Vicky working on her. And then the horn honks, and it's Joan. Ted tells Jamie, like, hey, won't you go help your mom? And, of course, Vicky gets up to follow Jamie, but Ted pulls her down in the chair like, you don't have a mom. Like, yeah, she doesn't. So, of course, Jamie, as he opens the door, says, I'm beginning to feel like I don't have a father. <clears throat> this cannot 
exactly be new. Are you telling me before Vicky arrived that Ted had all the time in the world to play with his kid? I honestly am starting to think that they just had Jamie by accident. He was not a planned pregnancy. He's 10 years old. Have you... Ted just seems like the type of person that would rather just invent things and, and, and spend time working with that. I mean, think about it. In 10 years, they've never had another fucking kid. Now, whether or not they've tried and failed, like maybe they're having trouble getting pregnant and maybe making Vicky for in Joan's sake because she couldn't have a little girl. I don't know. Maybe I'm just reaching at things that aren't there. So, Ted and Vicky have a rematch. And they're moving pieces around. And Vicky checkmates Ted. He's like, that was only four moves. And she says, you programmed me correctly. <laughs> that would be a short game, which wouldn't bother me since I'm not, I don't want to. I'm not knocking anyone that loves chess. I, I've been saying chess, right? Not tennis. I hope so. Because now I'm having my doubts. Did I say tennis instead of chess? So Joan comes in and tells Ted, like, she saw some really pretty young girl clothes at the store. And she was really, like, she had to resist the urge to purchase them. And Ted tells her, like, honey, she's a robot. She doesn't need other clothes. But Vicky... Or Joan did buy her these really nice white gloves that look like would go with like a Sunday dress or like prim and proper fancy white gloves. Joan is just aching to have a little girl that she can dress up. Why is it gonna hurt? Just dress her in some clothes, man. You don't... I mean, yeah, I get... Yeah, she's a robot. You don't necessarily need to change her pinafore dress because it won't get smelly. But, come on. I mean, yeah, it, it's like having a fucking Barbie doll. You don't necessarily have to change her wardrobe, but the options to buy assorted clothes are there for the simple joy of, wow, I wonder what she'd look in this t-shirt and jeans. I wonder what she'd look like in a swimsuit or, or, or something like that. So Jamie makes the joke of, wow, mom, why don't you unscrew one of her arm or hands and find out. You don't have to unscrew her arm, Jamie. Just slip the glove on her hand. It's right there. Ted is really being... I mean, it's one thing to, like, I don't have time for you, son, but Jamie makes a little joke about, hey, let's unscrew Vicky's arm, and Mom, you can put the, that fancy glove on it. And Ted's like, that's not funny, Jamie. Like, jeez, dude, lighten the hell up, man. I don't think you ever wanted that fucking kid to begin with. You're not nice to him. Granted, Jamie isn't the, the nicest kid in the world. I mean, we saw how he was in the suitor episode with Warren. So Jamie's like, hey mom, you got the paint from my clubhouse? And uh, she's like, oh honey, I'm sorry, I forgot. Uh, another person to forget me. Great. 
But you got everything else under the sun. You got eggs, you got milk, you got those little uh, fancy-ass gloves that Vicky probably won't wear, and a bunch of other things. Hi, honey. Oh, I saw the cutest clothes in the stores for Vicky. I was so tempted, Ted. Honey, uh, little girl robots don't need wardrobes. No, the big girl wives do. Anyway, I just couldn't resist buying Vicky these gloves. Oh, yeah, huh? those are cute. Yeah. yeah. Why don't you unscrew one of her hands and see if they fit? It's not funny, Jamie. That's not funny. How about the paint I asked you to get for my clubhouse, Mom? Oh, I'm sorry, honey. I forgot I was so busy. Nobody thinks about anything but Vicky anymore. By the time I get that clubhouse finished, I'll have to be big enough for my wife and kids. through the kitchen, not through a department store. So, I took a little detour. <laughs> oh, looks like she's got you, Ted. Huh? What? Yeah, she forgot the paint. I, if I were Jamie, I'd be like, yeah, but you didn't forget those gloves for Vicky. Oh. <laughs> um, but it's like, geez, by the time I get that paint from my clubhouse, I'll have to make it big enough to put my wife and kids. So Jamie's feeling really ignored here. It's like, first dad won't play basketball with me, now mom forgot the paint for the clubhouse. I can only imagine what's next. So Joan happened to get herself a little something clothing-wise. Like, here, let me show you what I got for the big girl. On sale, of course. It's like, Ted's gotta be making bank at that robotics job, isn't he? I mean... I mean, yeah, it's cool. You found a sale and everything, and this is back in the 80s where it feels like you, your husband had to approve of every fucking purchase you made, even clothes. Like, oh, well, it was on sale, and I didn't have, my other shirt was ripped, so I needed a new one. It's like, you have to explain away why you got something. See, I don't do that. I just go out and buy stuff. Granted, I don't... I'm not over extravagant. But Ted's gonna be a dick about this. As Ted says, honey, 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 the way to a man's heart is not through, it's through a kitchen, not through the department store. As in, your job is to feed me, clean up after me, and not buy anything for yourself. As Joan looks down at the chessboard and says, Oh, it looks like she's got you, Ted. And he looks down and says, Wait, what? Yep. So Jamie is outside in the backyard, sitting on the ground, bouncing the basketball between his legs. This poor sad boy. He, where are all these supposed friends that he has? We haven't met Reggie yet, but I know that I think we do maybe in the next episode. And then other thing that I was kind of curious about, Jamie's 10, right? How old is Harriet supposed to be? There's no way in hell this girl is 10 years old. She looks like she's maybe 7 or 8, like she's maybe a, a, a couple years younger than Jamie. And I'm not just saying that because she's missing her two front teeth. But, I don't know. Let's find out. Is Jamie so desperate for uh, a playmate here that he'll go to Harriet? I can't see him caving that easily. Hi. If you came over here to pester me to play with you, forget it. 
I'm not that desperate. <laughs> I didn't come to ask you to play with me. Aw, oh, too bad. I always enjoy turning you down. <laughs> I just came over to find out what was in those boxes your mom brought home. You're sure nosy. I call it keeping informed. <laughs> oh, hello, Mr. Lawson. Oh, hi, Harriet. Move, 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 move. How's everything at home? I've got a new parrot. That's nice. No, it's not. I wanted a canary. <laughs> then why didn't you get one? Because when my mother went to the pet store, the parrot talked her out of it. <laughs> Harriet, why don't you go home and teach your parrot to sing like a canary? Hey, I never thought of that. Thanks. How about working on the clubhouse, Dad? Oh, sorry, Jamie. I just came out to get something. Can't wait for this afternoon. This afternoon? Have you forgotten what you said? Well, of course not, Jamie. I just can't remember what it is right now. <laughs> you said you were going to take me to the horror matinee at the movies. Oh, right. They're showing two gory pictures and a gory cartoon. They're even putting red butter on the popcorn. <laughs> well, maybe next weekend, Jamie. I, I've just got to work with Vicky. Vicky, Vicky, Vicky. I might as well be invisible. Oh, sorry, Jamie. I didn't see you. <laughs> So Jamie did answer my question. Like, look, Harriet, if you're looking for someone to play with you or whatever, go somewhere else because uh, I'm not that desperate. <laughs> I didn't think that he was that desperate. So Harriet, surprise, surprise, like, well, I didn't come over here to ask you to play with me. And he's like, oh, surprise, surprise. I'm so used to uh, turning you down. Um, I noticed Jamie, uh, Jerry Cyprian is missing a tooth here. Not in the front, but more like on the side. So, I mean, he was probably, what, 10, 11 years old at the time? So, yeah, he was probably still... I think I lost my last tooth when I was 12. So, I was in junior high. Or middle school. I call it middle school. So, apparently, nosy Harriet wanted to know what... Jamie's mom had in those boxes she brought home. And at first I'm like, what boxes? She brought home a bag of fucking groceries. Oh, those little thin boxes? Who, who, who fucking cares? Even Jamie's like, damn your nosy girl, what's up with this? This is Harriet. And this is like, what, the fifth, sixth, sixth episode? So, yeah, Harriet's not gonna be getting any different here. Oh, but she says, I'm not nosy. I'm just informed. Like, no, you're fucking nosy. You need to find... Both of you kids! You must have friends! We've heard Jamie mention all my friends at school. We never fucking see them except for one. Harry, well, I can see why she would be a little, um, have not many, many friends, because, uh, she's annoying and nosy, so... Uh, yeah. She calls it keeping informed. Oh, shut up. So Ted comes out, and at first he's like, hey, Jamie, move. And I'm thinking, at first I thought Jamie was sitting directly on, uh, the ground there. Which they have, a a brick little walkway area. Um, and turns out Jamie was sitting on that toolbox. 
So Ted's like, yeah, what's going on, Harriet? What's what's new in your life? And she's like, oh, I got a canary. And Ted's like, yeah, that's that's great, Harriet. She's like, no, it isn't. I wanted a canary. Like, well, just be happy you got a damn bird, girl. You can teach a parrot to talk. So Jamie asks the obvious question, well, why didn't you get one? And she says that the parrot talked her mother out of getting a canary. Wow. Buy that parrot! <laughs> but then again, this is Bonnie Brindle. We've seen her. She's not all there in the head. Have you seen her fucking husband? <laughs> How does he work with robots? So Jamie's got a good idea that apparently Harriet did not think of. Why don't you go home and teach your parrot to sing like a canary? You probably could. Um, Bonnie Brindle, I hope that you have 60 to 80 years um, <laughs> for, for your uh, parrot because that's about how long they live. That is literally, a parrot will probably outlive a human being, wouldn't you think? I mean, if you get a parrot when you're like in your 20s and that thing's going to live to be like 60, 80 years old. Yeah, odds are that parrot's gonna outlive you. So, Jamie pretty much sends Harry on her way with that advice. Go, good, good, good. Does she skip everywhere she goes? Is she gonna grow, outgrow that eventually? So, Jamie once again, as his dad is kind of digging through the toolbox, says, Hey, Dad, how about working on the clubhouse? And he's like, No, no, sorry, son, I'm working on Vicky, can't do it. And Jamie's like, well, what about this afternoon? You remember your promise to me, right? And Jamie's like, oh, of course I remember. I just don't know what it is. Jamie says, we're going to a matinee. They're showing two horror... Gory horror flicks in a gory cartoon. And they're even going to put, like, red butter on the popcorn to make it look like blood. And Ted's like, Jamie, look, buddy, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm working on Vicky right now. Maybe next weekend. Jamie can't go, well, depending on where the theater is, he might not be able to get there by himself. That sucks. If that were me, and someone promised me, like, hey, we'll do this, I will hold you to that promise. If you break that promise, I will never talk to you again. Yeah, I, I as a kid, I lived and breathed people making a promise, like, hey, we're going to go to the movies, or we're going to do this, or we're going to do that. And it's like, it's not like I had anything else going on in my life. So it's like, I would look forward, like, be dreaming of, that would be the, basically the highlight of my week. So Jamie's like muttering to himself, like, Vicky, 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 I may as well be invisible. As Ted stands up, turns around and starts to walk forward, he bumps right into Jamie. Like, oh, Jamie, I didn't see you there. And Jamie's like, wow, I am invisible. Like, no, your dad is just preoccupied with Vicky. I mean, this is his new thing of what he's now doing on the weekends. But then again, Jamie's acting no different than if Joan and, and Ted had brought home a new baby from the hospital. He, if they had, if Ted hadn't created Vicky, Jamie would be like, oh, this new baby, all they care about is this baby. Everybody, it's like... Exactly what an older sibling would do when the parent comes home with a new child. It's perfectly common to be jealous of 
someone else getting attention. So Jamie goes up to his room, slams his door. I thought he was gonna take one look at Vicky and like slam her closet, her cabinet door shut. Like, ugh, so angry. You ruin everything, Vicky. I was supposed to go to the movies today with my dad. And he was supposed to help on the clubhouse. And he wouldn't even play basketball with me. <laughs> She's in her cabinet right now. Why not go to the fucking movies? Vicky's gonna be there all the damn time. So it's not like he can't work on her, like, in the evening or some shit. Spend time with your kid, Ted. So... Vicky is like, yes, I get lots of attention. And Jamie's like, don't rub it in. You know, when Dad first brought you home, I thought you were pretty cool and everything like that. And now it's just like, you're taking over. Oh, he says, I thought you were fun when Dad first brought you home. Well, who says she isn't? And we come back to Vicky saying, fun, as she smiles. Like, so this is a, uh... From a previous episode. So she is remembering things and, like, using them later on. So Jamie is pretty much complaining, like, how mom and dad used to treat me like I was special and gave me lots of attention and they bought me presents. Okay, I think it's time to move Vicky into another room. Damn it, Jamie, I know you're angry at her and everything like that, but... And he's taking it all out on her. Like, you're a big hunk of plastic with a big mouth, because... He, he also says that she sounds like Harriet's parrot. And then, of course, that uh, triggers Vicky's memory bank of information about what a parrot is. So. Boy, for a robot, you sure get plenty of attention. I get plenty of attention. Don't rub it in. I used to like you. When Dad first brought you home, I thought you were fun. <laughs> Fun. Well, it's not fun now. Mom and Dad used to have time for me and treated me like I was special and bought me presents. Now you get gloves and I get dumped on. You get dumped on? Do you have to repeat everything I say? You're like Harriet's parrot. <laughs> parrot, a tropical feathered bird with a distinctive hooked bill. Yeah, and you're an unfeathered hunk of plastic with a big mouth. <laughs> On account of you, I'm a rejected child. Stick that in your computer. Rejection, the result of being refused or rebuffed. Yeah, but you'll never know what it's like, because you can't feel anything. Yes, I can feel like this. Stop that. I mean, feelings inside. Boy, I'm as bad as Charlie Brown and peanuts. <laughs> peanuts, pods containing two or three nuts, usually eaten with beer. <laughs> no, no, no. You're not as smart as Dad thinks you are. Peanuts is a comic strip, and Charlie Brown gets dumped on by everybody. Lucy, Linus, Schroeder... I'll bet even Snoopy as dog what's on his foot. <laughs> I'm not programmed to do that. <laughs> you don't even know what it means. I ought to do what Charlie did in this one story. He decided to teach everybody a lesson by running away. Running away? Right. Yeah, that's 
that's what I'm gonna do. And boy, will they miss me when I'm gone. Vicky, come here and switch on your tape recorder. Testing, one, two, three, testing. Play it back, Vicky. Testing, one, two, three, testing. Play it back, Vicky. <laughs> Good. Dear Mom and Dad, how are you? I'm fine. No, that's too friendly. Erase that, Vicky, and rewind. I am rewinding. If I would, I need to lie in the surf, but I'll that. <laughs> I'm finished. Okay, start recording. Dear, to whom it may concern, by the time you hear this, I will be gone forever. Maybe I'll find happiness with a family who will appreciate a son who is kind, loving, courteous, has a lot of personality, and no cavities. <laughs> oh, I just noticed that Vicky's wearing those white gloves that Joan had bought for her. So, Jamie spends a bit of time here trying to explain to Vicky about how he's feeling uh, neglected and ignored. And Vicky is coming up with, like, these definitions of these words that he's throwing in her face. And he's like, you'll never feel that because you don't feel anything. And she's like, I feel this. As she reaches her gloved hand out to, like, pinch Jamie's nose... And he's like, no, stop it. I'm talking about feelings, like, inside, like, emotions. And Jamie starts to relate himself to Charlie Brown in the Peanuts comics, which Peanuts, of course, Vicky takes literal, like, the little pods that have two to three nuts in them and is often uh, eaten with beer, like... So basically, uh, Jamie talks about how Charlie Brown gets constantly, you know, shit on by Lucy, Linus, Schroeder, and even Snoopy probably takes a piss on his foot every now and then. Like, um, Jamie, you are not anything like Charlie Brown, okay? He's got major shit going on. His parents, in fact, all their parents are pretty much non-existent. You never fucking see them. So with this, Jamie takes a note from Charlie Brown's playbook and decides to run away. Like, I'll teach everybody. Then they'll miss me when I'm not here anymore. Well, at least he's just running away and not contemplating something as serious as suicide. Because that would get very, very, very dark. So, Jamie uses Vicky's tape recorder device, and it's kind of funny watching uh, Jamie's voice come out of Vicky's mouth. This kid's got a lot of toys, from a little airplane to a baseball to, I see a lacrosse stick in that cabinet behind Vicky. So, it's basically... Um, the, the writers and uh, the people, the set designers and the props department all want to make Jamie seem like this. Because there's also a pair of flippers on his, I'm guessing that's a closet there? There's flippers on his closet door. So they're just making Jamie seem like your average kid that likes sports, but he's also got an Elvin and the Chipmunk stuffed doll in on his nightstand there. I just noticed Jamie's got a pendant on his wall that says Southern California. So they live in Southern California? Uh, they also got um, 
a poster on the wall of um, a space shuttle. So I'm guessing that they're also trying to make us believe that Jamie is into the space program. There's also a picture of a red motorcycle above Jamie's bed. Let's see what else we got here. Um, that's, that's about it. Just your average 10-year-old boy. I mean, when I was 10, I think I had, like, posters of, like, kittens or puppies on my wall. I remember when my sister worked at Hardee's, and then eventually it closed and became Arby's, but um, it was around when Home Loan 2 came out, so that was, like, 1992. Or was it 93? 92. 92. It was 92. And, um... Hardy's was doing a Home Alone, uh, Home Alone 2, uh, promos, and she brought Home two, Home Alone 2 posters for me. And I remember hanging them on the back of my door. So Jamie really sticks it to his parents in this message, as in, I'm gonna find a family that appreciates me, how I'm so sweet, and, uh, courteous, and I have no cavities. And I just, as Jamie was listing off some of these attributes, like, you are not any of these things. More like, I'm a selfish, inconsiderate, disrespectful little boy. If this were Pinocchio, Jamie would be turned into a donkey and shipped off to the circus or the coal mines. What in the fucking fuck is above that cabinet that Vicky's there's this creepy creepy weird freaky head but then again Jamie says he likes like horror gory movies it's like this bride of Frankenstein head with <laughs> more like no no it looks like a walker from the walking dead but with hair so Joan comes up in the next scene and she's like where's Jamie and Vicky's like he's out and she's like well out where and J uh, Vicky goes over, points to the window, like, out there. And she's like, he went out the window. And Vicky adds, he fell on his behind. Well, he probably did. You're on the second story of the house. Jamie, come on. Breakfast is ready. <coughs> Jamie? He's not here. Not here? Come on out, Vicky. Where did he go? Out. Out where? Out there. He went out the window? Yes, and fell on his behind. <laughs> well, why on earth would he go out the window? Did he say why? He left a message on my tape recorder. A message? Well, play it back. Dear to whom it may concern, by the time you hear this, I will be gone forever. Gone forever? Stop, Vicky. Hey, what's the holdup? Let's have breakfast, huh? How do you eat at a time like this? Huh? Time when you hear the tone, the time will be 9, 12 a.m. Stop, Vicky. What do you mean at a time like this? Jamie's run away. What? Well, play the rest of his message, Vicky. Maybe I'll find happiness with a family who'll appreciate a son who is kind, loving, courteous, has a lot of personality and no cavities. <laughs> Don't try to find me because I won't be there. You don't care anyway, because you've only got time for your perfect little girl. So that's it. Goodbye forever. Signed, your former loving son, Jamie. The end. Uh, Vicky, did Jamie say where he was going? He did not say. Well, he tells you everything. Why not this? 
he said you'd worm it out of me? Oh. Well, let's not just stand here. Let's go out and look for him. What am I doing? Honey, the important thing now is to just stay calm. All little boys run away once in their lives. I did. I'm sure he's just hiding. You look around here, I'll check in the basement. Stay calm, huh? We don't have a basement. Oh. Well, that's uh, one less place we have to look. Uh, Vicky, get in your cabinet. Get in my cabinet. All right. When you ran away, where did you go? Oklahoma. Oklahoma? Oh, no! no not the state, the movie! <laughs> So Joan has Vicky play the message, and she says to, and she mouths the words, and I gotta hand it to Tiffany Brissett, like, she was able to mouth the message pretty good. Um, do you have my concern? By the time you hear this, I'll be gone forever. And that's where Joan has Vicky cut the message off. Like, gone forever? Is she thinking... For a split second, I'm like, does she think that he committed suicide? I can't... I don't think that even came across. But for a split second, that made me think, is that what she's thinking? So she calls Ted up there. So this is breakfast time, because Joan had called Jamie down for breakfast. So did he just leave, like, recently? Just, like, an hour or so before? Because I doubt he left in the dark. So Ted comes up. He's like, hey, what's a hold up? I thought we were eating breakfast. And Jonah's already really frazzled. Like, how could you eat at a time like this? And and Ted, I don't know what he put into his mouth. But he's like, oh, what are you talking about? Of course, when Joan says time, that activates Vicky's uh, alarm clock. As she's like, when you hear the tone, it will be 9.12 a.m. So Joan has... Vicky played the rest of the message as Jamie lists his attributes of being kind and loving, courteous, has a lot of personality and no cavities. And we cut to Ted's reaction. He's just rolling his eyes like, you gotta be kidding me. And Jamie tells his family to not to try to find him because he won't be there. Damn, Jamie's got some anger towards Vicky. Like, you don't have time for me anyway, not with your perfect little girl. Like, oh my god. As Jamie concludes the message with goodbye forever, signed your loving son, Jamie. Former loving son, Jamie. I want this soccer ball with the the red on it. So, Ted asks Vicky, like, hey, did Jamie say where he was going? And Vicky tells him, no. He figured you'd worm it out of me, which, yeah. That's gonna run away you don't want to tell a robot your whereabouts because they will dig it out of her so joan is in such a panic she's like let's not stand here let's go and look for him as she heads straight to the window she stops herself she's like what am i thinking it's like you're really not you're you're smidge on the irrational side i know you're panicked and scared but let's like take a breath here and just let's not jump out the damn second story window so Ted says, you know, all, you know, kids run away at some point and then they come back. And, you know, I even ran away one time to Oklahoma. And, and Joan's like, Oklahoma? As she runs out the bedroom door. He's like, no, not the state, the, the, the movie. 
At one point before Joan runs out, Ted thinks that, I'm guessing, okay, that is not a closet, it's a bathroom, possibly? Yeah, because it looks like he did open a door that leads to a little room there. Jamie, dude, you are lucky. You have your own freaking bathroom for crying out loud. How many kids could say they had a bathroom just off of their bedroom? I never had that. Ted says, I'm going to go check in the basement. And Joan's like, we don't have a basement. That's right, because they live in California. And I don't think they have basements there. They don't have basements in California, right? Or do they? I'm going to check this fact out for myself. So I looked it up, and it says something about there aren't home really homes in Southern California. Oh! Doesn't his, his thing... The pennant on the wall says Southern California. But anyway, I'm guessing it says homes in Southern California really don't have home uh, basements because they're built in the, like, into hills or something. Uh, and just a lot of conflict. So maybe in Southern California they don't have them, but maybe in other areas they might have them. So we come back from a commercial break and we see the yellow small wonder font appear on the screen. Uh, Jamie's actually <laughs> just in his clubhouse. Joan, Ted, all you gotta do is just look out your back door off the kitchen and he's right fucking there. Um, Harriet comes over with what the hell is this? A baby carriage? What? It's a baby carriage with a fake baby. She's like, hey, Jamie, what is she like? Jamie, want to play house or some, something like that? I mean, I, I played house as a kid. Who, who hasn't played house as a kid? Oh, she asks him if he wants to play pediatrician with her doll. That's a variation of doctor, I guess. Only with uh, child care instead of... Uh, uh, the naughty game of doctor. <laughs> so Jamie is telling Harriet, like, you need to get the oof out of here, alright? You're gonna ruin everything. How did he even know that I was up here? And she tells him, it's my women's, woman's intuition. Oh, and I see a unicorn, a purple unicorn kite that's just sitting in one of those bushes. Jamie would not be flying a purple unicorn kite with purple and pink ribbons. He just wouldn't. So Harriet wants to come up and play in Jamie's clubhouse. And Jamie tells her, no, 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 don't do that. You can't do that. Or Harriet, yeah. Harriet wants to play up there. And he's like, oh, no. And she's like, are you playing hide and seek? And Jamie's like, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing, Harriet. And Harriet's like, well, I'll go tell Vicky where you're at. And he's like, no, no. Oh, The shirt that they have, Emily Shulman, who plays Harriet, the shirt, the neck hole is so big, it's starting to, like, sag off of her shoulder almost. So Jamie threatens her and says, the only thing you'll be seeking is your teeth. And she makes this remark that, that makes me nervous. She says, I don't have to stay here and be threatened. I can go home and have that happen to me. Whoa! Excuse me? Did I hear that right? I don't have to stand here and get threatened. I can go home and do that. Is Harriet 
kind of opening up our eyes to possible child neglect and child abuse. Bonnie and Brandon Brindle, what are you doing? This kid is never at home. She's always in the Lawson's yard. What are you doing, Jamie? Want to play pediatrician with my doll? <laughs> no, get out of here, Harriet. How'd you know I was up here? It's my woman's intuition. <laughs> and I also saw you climb up. Oh, please, go away. Are you playing hide-and-seek? Hide-and-seek. Yeah, that's it. I forgot how vacant where you're hiding. You do and you have to seek your teeth. <laughs> I don't have to stand here and get threatened. I can stay home and do that. I'll check the yard. You look in the garage. Okay. <laughs> He's not there, Ted. Are you sure you looked all around, including up and down? Yes, and I'm starting to get worried, honey. Did you look up in the attic? Way up? Oh, uh, yes, I did look way up. And, and I feel so guilty about this. I, I didn't realize that Jamie felt neglected. Yeah. Now we, we might never have the chance to tell him how much we love him. Uh, yes, and how special he is to us. You know, I can't believe that he ran away. And on the very day we were having his favorite breakfast, chili dogs with onions, fries, chips, and root beer. Mm. For breakfast? Joan. If, if only he'd come back. I, I would never nag him to clean up his room again. I'd finish working on that clubhouse, maybe raise his allowance. Maybe get him a little pony. Let's <laughs> not get carried away, Joan. But it's too late, honey. We can only hope that one day we don't get a postcard that says, having a wonderful time. Glad you're not here. <laughs> so Harriet uh, heads back to her house to be continued to be uh, neglected and whatever the hell is going on with the Brindles. You need to find a safe place, Harriet. And with your parents is clearly not it. Uh, Joan and Ted come out. They're like, okay, I'll check the garage and I'll look around. Jamie gives himself away pretty dang easily because we see in the doorway of the clubhouse, there's this big, um, round rubber ball. You know, the bouncy balls you would find at, like, the grocery store that would be, like, up in this metal cage and everything like that. Um, because <laughs> Ted, like, glances up for a second at the clubhouse doorway and sees Jamie's shoe right there on the edge as he pulls it back in. So he's like, yeah, that, I, I, I see him. So he tells Joan, like, did you look in the, um, up, up, you know, in the, uh, attic? And she's like, what? No. And he's like, he's up there. He's up in the clubhouse. So they kind of, like... Do this cute little spiel of of saying like, oh, it's sad that Jamie's gone. Now we'll, he'll never know how much we actually love him, and how Joan's like, I'll never nag him to clean his room, and <laughs> and uh, Ted mentions how oh, we're making his favorite breakfast: chili dogs, chips, and root beer. 
And Jonah kind of snaps out of their little uh, back and forth that they're doing, like bre- for breakfast. And Jonah's like, "Honey, focus, focus." And she's, "Oh, right, 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 yeah." <laughs> she says something about we could even get him a pony. And you see Jamie's head pop out, mouth <gasps> pony. <laughs> and Ted's like, "Honey, please, let's not get carried away." So. Ted and Joan walk towards the um, the house and like, oh, let's hope one day we don't get a postcard that says, wish you weren't here from Jamie. Oh, the postcard is having a good time, wish you weren't here. Or glad you're not here or something. So Ted and Joan go back into the house. Jamie pops his head out. It's like, wow, a pony. Maybe if I let them suffer a little more, I'll get a motorbike out of it. <laughs> in your dreams, little man. <laughs> so back in the kitchen, um, Ted's like, honey, see, I told you it was nothing to worry about. And she's like, yeah, this coming from the same guy who when I told you I was pregnant 11 years ago, you thought, oh, it's probably gas. Like, so Ted has kind of like got his arms crossed like, yeah, I said that, didn't I? <laughs> you know, if it wasn't for Jamie, we wouldn't have uh, something to do for aggravation. What? <laughs> I'm glad I was wrong. If it weren't for Jamie, I wouldn't know what to do for aggravation. What? That, does that make any sense? <laughs> Is that how Ted gets his anger issues out? Is <laughs> he just disciplines Jamie and throws all of that into, oh my God. So Ted goes on to say, honey, it's good that we didn't let Jamie, you know, let on that we knew that he was up there. You know, that way he knows that we know we hurt his feelings. If we had just made him come back home, that would have hurt his pride, too. So Ted's sure that, you know, Jamie's just going to come down when he's ready. Like, he'll be down soon. And Joan is like, well, what if he doesn't come down soon? And Ted's like, oh, it's simple. I'll just go up there and kill him. Like, oh my god. This guy. This guy with his anger issues. Wow! A pony! Maybe if they suffer a little more, I'll get a motorbike out of it. (laughs) Well, thank goodness he's all right. I told you there was nothing to worry about. I know, but 11 years ago when I said that I thought I was pregnant with Jamie... You're the same guy who said, it's probably just a little gas. Yeah, I said that, didn't I? I'm glad I was wrong. If it wasn't for Jamie, we wouldn't know what to do for aggravation. True. Oh, honey, I figured it was better not to let him know that we saw him up there. Now, he pretended to run away because we hurt his feelings. And if we forced him to come back, well, we just might hurt his pride, too. Mm, I agree. I'm sure he'll come down on his own real soon. What if we're wrong and he doesn't? Then what do we do? Oh, simple. I just go up to the clubhouse and kill him. <laughs> so, Jamie appears in his bedroom window, Harriet style, and tells Vicky to come over to the window, but to be quiet about it, like talk in a hushed voice, a whisper. He kind of figures, like, hey, if I hide out a little longer in my treehouse, my, or my clubhouse, my family will really, my mom and dad will really miss me even more, and this will work more in my favor, but I'm hungry, so Vicky, please go down to the kitchen, get me some milk and cookies, bring them to the clubhouse, because he probably, he's not had breakfast, I don't know how long he's been in that 
treehouse, but of course his grumbling tummy is winning out. It's doing him in. Two chili dogs? Is she making them for you? And he tells Vicky to be careful because his mom's chili can burn a hole through your shirt. Oh, he also tells Vicky, like, hey, wait till mom and dad, my mom and dad are in their room doing who knows what, and then just put the food in my gym bag. Oh, chili dogs, this is gonna be so fucking messy. <coughs> Vicky, Vicky, it's Jamie. Are you in your cabinet? I'm in my cabinet. Well, come on out. Come over here and keep your voice down. Keep my voice down. <laughs> no, I mean, don't talk loud. Straighten up. If my parents worry a little longer, they'll appreciate me more. But I'm hungry, and I want you to bring me something to eat. It's the least you can do after all the unhappiness you caused me. Unhappiness I caused you? Go into the kitchen and get me some milk and cookies and bring them to the clubhouse. Milk and cookies to the clubhouse? And bring me two chili dogs. Two chili dogs. And be careful, my mom's chili can burn a hole in your shirt. <laughs> oh, better wait till mom and dad are in the room. Then go into the kitchen and put the food in my gym bag. Okay? Go into the kitchen and put food in gym bag. Good. See ya. See ya. Oh, better make that three chili dogs. <laughs> I'm sick, I'll get more sympathy. <laughs> oh, he tells her, make it three chili dogs instead of two. If I'm sick, I'll get more sympathy. Oh, good grief. Oh, Jamie also has a pendant on his, just above the Southern California one of UCLA. So, Vicky's got the gym bag as she's repeating the orders that Jamie gave her to herself out loud and... Ted and Joan are kind of peeking around the corner of, uh, hallway of the, before you get into the living room. So Joan is like, oh, don't tell me she's running home, away from home too. And Ted's like, no. And then his eyes, like, bug out, like, could she really do that? And they both run off. It's like, guys, she's not fucking doing that. She's a robot. Jamie's using her as his carrier pigeon to get food and stuff, or his messenger, or whatever you want to call her. That bag looks like something that Punky Brewster would carry, because it's got rain- it's red with rainbow stripes on it. So, they see Vicky putting a carton of milk in the bag, and she's also bringing the cookies, this little elephant cookie jar, and Ted's like, Vicky, you're supposed to be in your cabinet. And she looks at him point blank and says, you're supposed to be in your room. <laughs> that sassy robot talking back. Vicky, you're supposed to be in your cabinet. You're supposed to be in your room. <laughs> Milk, cookies, I need three chili dogs. Three chili dogs? What are you doing, Vicky? Going out to take this food to Jamie. Well, that explains the chili dogs. Okay, Vicky. Take him the food, but you didn't see us. I didn't see you. And I didn't see three chili dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, how long do you think he plans to stay out there? Oh, not long. 
How can you be so sure? He didn't ask for the television set. So Ted asks Jamie or asks Vicky what she's doing. She's taking the food out to Jamie, and she's like, "I also need three chili dogs." And Joan's like, "Chili dogs? How long does Jamie plan to stay out there?" And the thing is, Ted's like, "Well, I don't think it's going to be that long." And she's like, "Why do you think that?" He's like, "Well, he didn't ask for the television set." Like, yeah, a person can only go so long without food, but how long can they go without their electronics and television? You know, back in the day when TV had good shit on, compared to now? <laughs> and I meant, you know, regular TV back in the day. I'm not referring to the fact that next to nobody has cable anymore. They just do Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, and so on and so forth. So Ted tells Vicky to take the milk and cookies out there, but you didn't see us. And Vicky's like, turns her head, I didn't see you. I also didn't see three chili dogs. <laughs> Yeah. So Jamie has Vicky come up to the clubhouse via the ladder. See, now you're programmed to use a ladder. Great. Um, he's like, hey, where's the chili dogs? As he's rifling through the bag. She's like, I didn't see any chili dogs. And Jamie says something to the fact, like, how do you like that? They lied to me. It's like, you do realize that you have to cook hot dogs, cook chili beans and shit together. It's a whole fucking process, Jamie. Not to mention, did he forget that chili dogs are messy as hell? That bag would be filled with ground beef and it would be a damn mess. You'd have to throw that bag out. So he, was he under the impression that Joan was just going to make him chili dogs? Or that Vicky was going to, even though she's never made food before? So Jamie's still... Thinks his parents don't doesn't that they don't know where he is, which oh my goodness, because he's instructing Vicky to go to her cabinet, but to climb through his bedroom window and like oh hurry fast so they don't see you. Damn kid, you are a dum dum. And Jamie's eleven; he should know uh, when his parents are fucking with them like that. Like they were right fucking outside. And you couldn't pick up on any of those cues? Like, Ted was saying, up there, up there. Damn it! She fucking jumped! You're supposed to use a fucking ladder! She, oh my god, is she injured? She jumped off that ledge! I'm sure that he's freaking out. Oh my god, I broke her! That's it, Vicky. One foot up and then the other. Here, grab this. Hurry up so they don't see you. There. Now you're programmed to climb up a ladder. Boy, I'm starved. Where's the chili dogs? I did not see any chili dogs. How do you like that? They lie to me when I'm not even around. <laughs> well, you better get back in your cabinet. Back in my cabinet. Go around the house to my room and climb in through the window and fast. Fast. I can't hear a thing. I killed her. I killed Vicky. Oh, 
Easy, honey. Oh, Ted. Our sweet little girl. She's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, what's the matter with us? She's not a little girl, she's a robot. A robot can't die. The worst it can do is rust. She's, she's alive. I mean, uh, she's working again. Oh, great. Oh, I guess I just love her so much I forget she's not human. Vicky, are you okay? Her circuits are just shaken up. Oh. I'll fix her in the house. And we'll have a talk with you, young man, about running away. Yeah. And can we do it some other time since I'm so broken up over Vicky? <laughs> like when I graduate from college? So the key word that Jamie gives to Vicky is fast. Boom! Jumps off that fucking platform. And he, he's like, Vicky, Vicky, Vicky! And, and, oh my god, Jamie, oh my god, this reaction, that got me too. As he's like, Vicky, speak to me, speak to me. And he's shaking, you know, he grabs her arm and he's like shaking her and she's not moving. And he yells for his mom and dad. He completely forgets that, you know, in his mind that they don't know where he is. But he's calling for them. Something happened to Vicky. So, Ted and Joan rush out and like, uh, Jamie, what happened? And Jamie explains that he programmed her to climb up the ladder, but not, he didn't program her to climb down the ladder. Jamie's really worked up, but not just Jamie, Joan is also worked up. It's like, she's got like her hand like pressed against Vicky, the side of Vicky's head. Ted has like got his ear you know, against, you know, to hear her heartbeat. He's like, I don't hear anything. And it's almost like, Joan and Jamie are so worked up that this is causing Ted to also react like Vicky's a human. And, and it takes him a moment, because eventually he, like, smiles, like, what am I doing? Guys, she's she's not a, a human. But Jamie is, he's crying. He's like, I killed her. I killed her. And Joan kind of, you know, uh, pats Jamie's head, and it's just, it's, it's sad for a moment. But then again, it's like, yeah, she is a robot. And even Joan's like, oh, Ted, her sweet little girl, like, they're really broken up about it. Almost like she's, she's gone, she's dead, she's dead, like, oh my god. And Ted, for a second, was like, you know, and then he gets this, like, grin on his face like what are we doing here guys she's not a human she's a robot the worst you can do is rust and they're all like hey vicky vicky can you hear me and you hear this sound and it's just her circuits are kind of fucked up i mean she fell from i don't even think that was five feet if anything that was probably like four feet I mean, she's not like a cat. She's not going to land on her feet. Ted, you might want to program her to land on her feet if she falls from uh, a certain height. I like how he says, oh, she's alive. Uh, I mean, she's working again. So he picks her up, takes her into the house. Joan, of course, has an arm on Jamie's shoulder. Like, we will talk later, young man, about you running away. And Jamie's like, oh, um, can we talk about it later? Like, when I graduate from college? I mean, you know, since I'm all worked up over Vicky. I think Jamie was genuinely frightened and upset. The idea that 
Because this whole thing started because Vicky was getting all the attention. And now that he thinks she's been injured, he all of that stuff, the running the way the running away, the Vicky getting all of his parents' attention, that went out the window. So I don't believe that this whole him crying about Vicky, like, oh, she's dead. I don't think that was an act. So, of course, we get another Harriet appearance, and she's like, oh, what's wrong with Vicky? Why was your dad carrying her into the house? And Jamie's like, oh, well, we were playing together, and she fell and twisted her ankle. And Harriet's like, I thought you didn't play with girls. He's like, well, I don't. Just, I really like Vicky. I thought he was going to say something like, I only don't play with girls who are named Harriet or something. So, of course, Harriet, after Jamie goes into the house, she's like, oh, my mother was right. They are a weird family. Then why are you hanging out with them all the damn time? Every You've come over there at least twice in this episode. I don't think anyone wants to have anything to do with Harriet. I mean, she's always over at the Lawson's hanging out with them. Okay, so now it looks like they're having a late breakfast, lunch, brunch thing. I don't, because before it was like 9 in the morning. It's gotta be close to like 11 by now. As Jamie and Ted and Vicky all come in from the living room. Vicky's all back to normal. Jamie's setting places for, well him and his parents because Vicky doesn't eat anything. So Jonah's like, alright, breakfast is ready. So we get a nice little button here on the end of the episode as Ted tells us the moral of this episode. As he reminds Jamie, well, I hope you learned your lesson, son. You almost lost Vicky due to your um, jealousy. Well, Vicky's back to normal. <laughs> Fortunately, no parts were broken. Yeah, she just had a loose connection where her gizzards ought to be. <laughs> where my gizzards ought to be. Now, everybody sit down. Breakfast is ready. Well, Jamie, I hope you learned something from this. You almost lost Vicky because of your jealousy. And jealousy can make people do terrible things. I know that now, Dad. And there is no reason to be jealous. <laughs> just because your father and I can't spend every minute with you, it doesn't mean that we don't love you. Yeah. Are you gonna punish me for pretending to run away? Well, I think the scare over Vicky just might be punishment enough, huh? Oh, yeah. I could wake up tomorrow morning and my hair could be all white. <laughs> yeah, or you could be bold. <laughs> Here we are. Breakfast is served. Oh, boy! Chili dog! <sighs> Not for me. I got heartburn just fixing them. Ah, what the heck. I'll live dangerously. Now, don't get them all over yourselves, fellas. Be careful. Mom's chili can burn a hole in your shirt. <laughs> I did not program that in. And, and Ted tells Jamie also, it's like, jealousy can make people do terrible things. And Jamie's like, I know that now, Dad. And... Joan comes over and says, honey, just because we're preoccupied with Vicky and we can't spend every single waking moment with you doesn't mean that we don't love you. Jamie's like, oh, are you going to punish me for all that running away stuff? But Ted's like, well, no, I mean, the whole scare with Vicky, I think that's punishment enough for you. And Jamie's like, yeah, I could wake up tomorrow, my whole hair would be white. The whole thing of, isn't that a thing like sometimes if someone's scared so much that their hair turns white or something like that? Remember in the It miniseries um, that came out in like 1990 
where Henry Bowers, when they're, the kids are all down in the sewers and the bully Henry Bowers does see Pennywise and his hair turns completely white. Yeah. And then Ted makes a joke about, oh, you could wake up completely bald. <laughs> and Joan brings over breakfast. And there's, like, aluminum foil over it. And, like, yeah, she made chili dogs. So she made one for, well... There's three of them there. I guess she was going to have one, but she said, like, I'm getting heartburn by ju I was getting heartburn just by cooking these. So, you boys, help yourselves. <laughs> Jamie, of course, or, or Vicky, of course. The thing that Jamie said about uh, mom's chili dogs could burn a hole through your shirt. As Vicky says that. And Joan, like, looks at Ted. He's like, oh, well, I didn't program her to say that. And they both look at Jamie. And Jamie just, like, has his chili dog and stuff in his face. Like, can't talk. I'm eating. I haven't had a chili dog in a... That sounds like a great lunch idea again. Usually when we would do it, we'll get that um, Horm Hormel No Beans Chili. And then um, those French fried... French's uh, crispy French fried onions. And... What was there? Uh, oh, uh, melted um, mild cheddar shredded cheese. Um... There was one time I swear, did we do this? Do the mac and cheese on top of the on top of the chili, or maybe just the hot dog itself? Maybe I think I think we did that once. Jeremy, there was like a food vendor or something, and um, Jeremy had tried that and he liked it, so we experimented with that. So, so that is the end of the episode. I hope you all enjoyed it. I had fun with this episode, but. I'm noticing that a lot of the episodes seem to be like a one note. There is no plot B. It's just simply one plot. I mean, unless you want to call Ted teaching Vicky how to play chess, but I wouldn't call that. That just was like over and done in less than a couple minutes. How many the robot rating? How many I'm going to give this? I'm going to give it an average um I'm going to give it a 3 out of 5. Um, I liked when, you know, it was sad that Vicky fell, well, she jumped off that platform of the clubhouse and, and fell. And that caused Jamie to come to his senses. You know, his jealousy just washed away as his concern for Vicky as he yells for his parents. And just him kind of lightly tearing up and Joan was affected by it. Even Ted for a split second before he realized that uh, Vicky's, you know, she's a robot. She can't feel physical pain. You know, I thought that, you know, the, the chest thing with Vicky was kind of funny just because, you know, she kept beating him twice. And he kept, like, adjusting her so that way she'd make mistakes. He's just a sore loser. I like that. I wouldn't call it reverse psychology, really, what Joan and Ted were really doing when they're standing right outside that clubhouse. They knew that he was in there. And they're just uh, saying all these things that they knew Jamie wanted to hear in hopes that he would just come home. Um, the t couple things I didn't care for, it's like Harriet bitching about the fact that her mother got a parrot and not a canary. It's like, be happy she's even getting you an animal or a pet at all. I mean, you selfish, spoiled little brat nosy butt. <laughs> um, and the other thing is, uh, what's the other 
I didn't like. Um, oh yeah, when Jamie's rifling through that bag, like, where are the chili dogs? Even when I'm not here, they lie to me or something. It's like, you expected your mother to make you chili dogs, or did you expect Vicky to make them for? I mean, I... So basically what I got from this episode is even when things get bad, don't don't run away. I actually almost ran away from home because I did something really stupid and I didn't want to face up to the consequences. But I mean, I didn't get very far on my bike. And I even went so far as to write a letter. Well, who doesn't write a letter when they're going to be running away? Alright, let's give a, a shout out here to some listeners. We have South Lake, Texas, Huntington Beach, California, Vancouver, Washington, Marysville, Washington, Copenhagen, Denmark, Changwon, Republic of Korea, Japan, Baltimore, Maryland, Alameda, California, Adelaide, Australia, Montgomery, Alabama, Centerville, Maryland, Orlando, Florida, Sacramento, California, Mexico, Republic of Korea, Barcelona, Spain, San Francisco, California, Egypt, Armonk, New York, Bangal Bang Bangalore, India, Madrid, Spain, Brazil, is this Yahat, Oregon? Phoenix, Arizona. Is this seriously Chihuahua? Is this Chihuahua? Is this really Chihuahua, Mex? Is there a Chihuahua, Mexico? Bakersfield, California. Guatemala City, Guatemala. Arlington, Virginia. Lahore, Pakistan. Moscow, Russian Federation. Columbia, Missouri. Brookline, Massachusetts. Oakland, California. And Hillsdale, Michigan. Alright, so we will be... I will be back in April with Season 1, Episode 6. So the episode I did was Season 1, Episode 5, Sibling Rivalry. The next episode is Spielberg Jr., which aired on October 12th, 1985. Jamie turns into a dictator when he puts himself in charge of his school project. But best friend Reggie and Jamie's parents won't let him continue without being taught a lesson in etiquette. Oh, there's trivia for this one. The title refers to movie director Steven Spielberg, who gained first fame after his production of Jaws, 1985. Well, also, I mean, E.T. had come out just before this, too, so... Okay, so we do get to meet his friend Reggie, Paul C. Scott. So I'll give you guys a little preview of the upcoming episode that will be going up in April. I think for the time being, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to stick with uh, twice a month for Small Wonder. Um, I'm also giving a heads up now that the Growing Pains podcast is taking a break in April. It'll be back in May with the chosen character. I'm still deciding whether I want to go with the person I had mentioned in a past episode or with someone new. Um, Because I am going to be focusing on Silver Spoons, kind of getting through a good chunk of that in April. Um, I do plan to do at least maybe one or two movies, review those for um, the the podcast here, so uh, look forward to that. So here's a preview for Spielberg Jr. 
It's not small wonder. She's a perfect robot. Vicky raises the roof in the movie she was made for. Who knows? I may be another Steven Spielberg. So what could possibly go haywire? Well, she has to go to the bathroom. I'm not programmed to go to the bathroom. We better make this movie quick. There's just no end to the laughs on Small Wonder. Barab. <laughs> All right, lastly, if you guys want to follow along with the podcast, you can go to Facebook, follow, like, and follow She's a Small Wonder, a Small Wonder podcast, for so you can find out about upcoming episodes. Uh, you can go to Instagram at Small Wonder Podcast, follow along there. If you've been listening for a while, you enjoy the podcast episodes I do of... The Wonder Years, which all six seasons are available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Also, select episodes of Mr. Belvedere, also Growing Pains, and the first season of Silver Spoons are also available for you to listen to. If you're enjoying the podcast, if you could go to you know iTunes, leave a rating and review. And I will read it on the podcast. So, all right, everybody. I'll be back later this week with the Growing Pains episode, Feet of Clay, with guest star Brad Pitt. All right. Bye-bye.